standing, take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21, 1 Samuel chapter 21, we'll start our reading in verse 10, I want to say thank you for loving on me and my family, I say thank you on behalf of Brother Paul and Brother Alex, and we are very, very thankful for the love that you show us on a daily basis, uh, thank you for allowing us to serve here, uh, when I came here four years ago, uh, Brother Johnny Kilcrease, I never would imagine that we would be where we are right now. Uh, God has been good. God has been good. Uh, I can't say that I've always been obedient to him in everything. I feel like that I am a sorry pastor at times, a sorry preacher at times. I feel like that I'm unworthy of all the blessings that the Lord has showered us with. And I'll just be honest. Y'all not worthy of it either. But in the Lord good. And that's what his grace is all about. Folks, it's good to be saved. It's good to know Jesus. And I'm going to say this. I'm proud to be a member of Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. What a blessing it is to be a part of this church and what the Lord's doing. 1 Samuel chapter 21 and verse 10. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him and dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them 
and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrambled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye all brought him to me? Have I need of, have I need of madmen that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, the cave of David. As you see in verse 1 of chapter 22 that David flees, he escapes, he runs to a cave, the cave of Adullam. This cave was used by God in a mighty way in the life of David. As throughout the Word of God we see caves are used. Now a cave is a hollow place in the earth. It is normally used for a dwelling place or a refuge for God's people. In fact, throughout the scripture, we see many times when God's people are in a bind that they flee or escape to a cave. I'm reminded of when Lot left Sodom. And of course, when he lost his wife there, he had nowhere to go. And he left uh, Sodom. He left the life of sin and he left for a cave. God took him to the cave there in Zor and allowed that to be a dwelling place. I'm glad that when we're ready to get out of the world that God will offer us a place to go. It's amazing to me how this man left it all there and he took his girls out of the world and God had a place for him to go. I'm reminded when Moses wanted to get into the glory and the presence of God and to behold the glory of God, the Bible said that he put Moses in the cleft of the rock. This word cleft simply means a hollow place in the earth. This was a cave that God placed Moses in to behold the glory of God. I'm glad that when we want to fellowship with the Lord, there's a place that God can put us so that we can enjoy the fellowship with Him. I'm reminded of Obadiah and the hundred prophets that was running from Jezebel and the woman was running after her and of course there was a famine in the land and they took all for a cave, the Bible said, and in that cave they divided up into two groups, 50 prophets in each cave, and God provided for them. And it's amazing that when we need to escape, that God will offer us a place of refuge to get away from the things that are going on. I'm reminded of Elijah when he's running from Jezebel and he's sitting under the juniper tree. He's distressed, he's down, he's discouraged. He never found encouragement under the tree. He found encouragement when the angel of the Lord told him to go to the cave. When he went to the cave there in Mount Oreb is where he found the, the rest that he needed. That's where he found his strength again. And here today in the scripture we find King David. It's not many times that we see King David running. It's not many times that we see him running from the enemy. It's not many times that we see him not facing and standing up and facing the enemies. But in this particular instance, we see that David escaped. Now, we know that this began with King Saul. King Saul was jealous over the popularity of, of little David 
when David defeated Goliath and people sang songs about the popularity and the strength of David. And King Saul was jealous. Three times he threw his javelin trying to kill King David, young King David. And the Bible said that he escaped and he runs off. And I'm so glad that when he runs off and gets away from the troubles and the trials of life that God offers him a place. I'm so glad that God offered him a place to give him refuge. I believe in this cave, the cave of Adullam, was a place of refuge that God is allowing for young David to have. I believe this is a place of rest. David is fixing to get the rest that he needs here in this cave, but I also believe it is a place of renewal, that this man is renewed with the zeal of the Lord in this cave. Now, as we look in 1 Samuel, we see two verses in 1 Samuel chapter 22. We see two verses that talks about the cave of Adullam. It does not look like he's here very long. We do not have a lot of details, but folks, he was here for a good while. In fact, there's three psalms that Psalm, uh, excuse me, that David writes in the psalms about his feelings while in the cave of Adullam. And I want to use these psalms and talk about how God used this hollow place, this resting place, this dwelling place to give young David what he stood in need of. I want you to look in Psalm 57. Are y'all awake this morning? Amen. Psalm 57. Y'all glad to be saved? Y'all glad to know the Lord? You glad to know your name is written down in the book of life? Isn't the Lord good? I want us to notice first off the cave of protection. The cave of protection. Notice Psalm 57. The Bible says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge unto these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall sin from heaven and shall save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. In the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Wake up, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great to the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. So we see in this psalm that David writes about the enemies that he's facing. If you go back to verse 4, he talks about my soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Notice verse 6. They prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. So he talks about the enemies. He talks about the people that are out to attack him and to devour him. He talks about those things that are set there 
to destroy him and to ruin him and to end his life. And at the end of the day, David needed help. But this is something that I find so interesting here. There's not many times in the life of David do you see him backing down from the enemy. Let's think about it. This man just stood up to a nine-foot giant. King Saul said, here, here's my armor. You take my armor. You go defeat this man. He said, I haven't proven this armor. He took the armor off, and we know the rest of the story. And he had great defeat. And he said, I'm not scared of that man. I defeated a lion and a bear. There's not many men and there's not many battles that David backed down from. But this particular battle with King Saul and the things that are going on in this chapter here, God did not want David to fight these battles. In fact, God did not want David to fight any of these battles. In fact, God said, listen, David, I want you to come here and I'm going to put you in this spot and I'm going to protect you from those who are here to hurt you. Now, David is a little cocky at times in his life, but it's not because of arrogance, but it was confidence in the Lord. He was confident that he could do anything with God. He was confident that he could win any battle and defeat anybody with the help of God. I'd like to say that David may have had the little man syndrome. We don't know any of them here today, do we? But as a young kid on that battlefield, he talked so boldly. We don't see this man backing down. But in this particular instance, God said, I don't want you to fight. I want you to stop, go to the cave, and let me protect you. You know what? We don't have to fight every battle. And I don't believe God has ordained us to fight everything that we're facing in life. There's times that it's time to stand. There's times that it's time to fight. There's times that it's time to get our sword and go to war and fight in battle. But in this instance, God said no. Child of God, may I tell you that we don't have to fight every single battle. May I tell you that I don't believe God has ordained us or called us to fight every single battle. There are times in our life that God calls us to the cave. He uh, allows us to come to this protective place so that we can get in and rest in so that he can protect us from our enemies. I know that we're big. I know that we're bold. And I know that our God is big. But sometimes our God says, don't fight. Rest in me. The enemies are out there, preacher. Can you imagine little old David? This man was so de determined to destroy everybody in his way and anybody that stood in the way of Israel. In fact, this man had fought so many people and defeated so many nations that God would not allow him to build the temple. This man was a man of war, and God said, no, you're not fighting this battle today. Folks, there are some battles that are not worth fighting. Amen. There are some battles where you've got to stop and you got to say, okay, Lord, I know you don't want me to fight, so I'm going to rest in you. Do you realize how much peace we would have in our life if we quit fighting everybody that's standing in God's way? we got to fight this, we got to fight this, we got to fight this and fight this. And God said, quit fighting, get in the cave and rest in me. 
God said, quit worrying yourself to death over everything. Just get in the cave. He got in that cave. He got in there wimping and whining. This one's trying to do this and this one's trying to do this. You know what I like at the end of it? He starts praising the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Y'all going to amen this time. He starts praising the Lord. Isn't it amazing how down and low that we can be when we go to the hollow of the hand of the Master and we rest in God and we rest in Him, how He'll strengthen us, how He'll encourage us, how He'll embolden us for the battle that is ahead. I want you to look in Psalm 142. Psalm 142. Y'all about the quietest Baptist I've ever met in my life. Psalm 142. The cave of protection. Now notice the cave of patience. Here's another psalm that David writes about this cave experience. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. My refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Isn't that a terrible feeling? No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And so here again we find a cave psalm. He's writing this psalm. And I want you to look in verse 4. He said, I looked on my right hand, Behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Notice number two, the cave of patience. We're not talking about just anybody. We're talking about the son of Jesse, the future king of Israel, sitting in a cave. Now David knows that one day the kingdom's his. One day he knows the throne is his. And here he is running away from the present king, getting away from everything with the knowledge, with the confidence of knowing that one day that kingdom would be his and the throne would be his, but God said, it's not yours yet. And he said, I want you to come sit in this cave and I'm going to give you rest, but in order for you to get rest, you're going to have to wait. Can you imagine what's going through his mind as confident as this man was? Oh, I'll just go up there and I'll kill King Saul. Man, I'll just go up That kingdom's mine. It's time. Man, what am I doing sitting here in this cave? I can go defeat Saul. Folks, David could have killed Saul just like that. But God said, no. I want you to wait. You see, David could have pushed the issue. He knew that God had ordained him to be king over Israel. But folks, you don't promote yourself. You don't push yourself and you don't force the will of the Lord. You wait on God. And God said, you're going to get there, but you're going to get there when I'm ready for you to get there. 
If David would have said, I'm sick of waiting on you, Lord, I'm going to go get the throne, then he would have killed King Saul, he would have ruined his reputation, the people would have never respected him, and I'm telling you, God would, would have punished him for what he did. Simple as that. That's why, folks, sometimes you wait. That's why sometimes instead of pushing yourself and pushing the envelope and got to take care of this, take care of this, God said, get in the hollow of my hand and you wait and receive rest. We, we, we keep ourselves up at night worried to death. Well, what about this? What about this? Can you imagine the thoughts running through King David's mind? Oh, God, I can go do it now. I can go do it now. Folks, if God wants it now, it'll be now. But if it's tomorrow, it's going to be tomorrow. And there's nothing you can do to hurry up the will of God from taking place in your life. If you're in a valley, you're not going to get out of that valley any quicker on your own strength. If you're in the trial of your life, in the tribulation of your life, you understand this. You're not going to get out when you're ready to get out. You're not going to get out when you can't go no more. You're not going to get out when you say, you know what, I'm sick of this, I'm tired of this, I'm just going to step out of my trial. Folks, you're going to get out when God delivers you from it. That's exactly when you're going to get out. So what do we got to do? What I hate to do, uh-huh, wait. But I don't want to. Wait. David said, I waited patiently. And he inclined unto my cry. Whoo. He hears every word. He hears every prayer. But folks, it may not be time to leave the cave yet. You get in the cave. You rest in the Lord and you wait on him. Just hold on. Because he's coming. Y'all didn't hear me. Hold on. Because he's coming. Say, so I don't want to wait. And folks, that's why we got a life full of mess. Because we're not waiting on God. Wait on the Lord to defeat your enemies. Wait on God to deliver you from the messes of life. Now go to Psalm 34. Y'all still with me? Psalm 34. Now, I was told not to look at my clock, and I did it anyway. Brother Jeff told me, you preach, don't you worry about the time. So if I go over, it's his fault. Y'all get him and not me. <clears throat> Notice the third thing, the cave of presence. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. This praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto me and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Let me read that again. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Now listen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack 
and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Whew. Man, what a change. What changed? Here he is in the protection of God. Here he is having a weight upon God. But here he is in the presence of the Lord. Here's David in this cave. He comes crying. He comes weeping. He comes begging for help. And in the midst of all of this, something happens. God meets with him. Listen, a cave is a hollow part. It's a place that God puts us so that we can go get refuge. But not just refuge, but renewal. Getting in our cave is getting in the presence of God. And in that cave, he had to wait. And he had to have the protection of God. And I can only imagine all the times he said, man, I got, I got to go fight. I got to go do this, and I got to go do this, and I got to do this. And can you imagine the hours that he spent worrying and fretting over things? But listen, listen. If he would have never got in that cave, he would have never said what he just said. He said, oh, taste the Lord and see that he's good. It's in that cave that you get to experience God like you've never experienced Him. It's in the darkest trial of your life that you get to see God at His biggest and at His brightest and at His best. We would never know the characteristics of God if our life was perfect. We would never know the strength of God if we never had to rely upon it. We would never know the depths of His love if we never had trials and tribulations. It's in that cave where him and Jesus got really, 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 really close. Y'all look at me. Look at me. Pay attention. It's in your cave where you're going to find the presence of Jesus. It's in your cave where you're going to grow and mature as a Christian. It's in that prayer closet. It's in on the backside of the desert if it has to be. It's out in the middle of the woods. It's out in the middle of nowhere where you get away from everybody and you just rest in the Lord and say, God, I can't do it no more. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Do you know some of the best experiences I've ever had with the Lord is through some of the worst times that I've ever gone through in my life? Four years ago, I was going through a hard time. You know why? Because I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to come here. Y'all called me. I went to slinging stuff, throwing me a good old hissy fit. I said, I don't want to go. My wife said, you better get your heart right. I said, yes, ma'am. Got my heart right. But I had to go get in the cave. I had to go get away. I had to go rest in the Lord. Had to go wait. And I said, God, here I am. Miss V, I stayed up hours and I cried like a baby. There's times that it's painful, but I would never trade those moments for nothing in the world. Because as good of a time as I'm having right now on the mountaintop, it's in the worst times of my life that I saw the best side of my God. 
and my relationship grew and my Christianity began to blossom. It's in the worst times and in the pits of that cave where me and Jesus got closer. And he said, oh, taste. You know why we're running around doing things on our own? Because we hadn't stopped. And we hadn't rested. And we hadn't tasted to see how good God is. You know what that taste means? It means to experience. It's in that cave where we experience the Lord. But in that cave lonely, we get in that cave and we get the complex of the loneliness. Folks, the Lord's presence will come into that cave and give you what you stand in need of. Now I want you to notice the last thing. We're going to prepare for him of invitation. The people of that cave. There in our text in 1 Samuel 22, it said that he brought him an army. Y'all look at me now. I don't want to lose you. Preacher, I'm going through this all alone. I have nobody. Nobody's here. David went to that cave lonely. David went to that cave with nobody on his side. He looked to his right hand and he looked to his left and there was nobody there. Golly, I could shout all over this place. He got to that cave down and low and nobody on his side. Before he left that place, he was singing and shouting. He was high-stepping, I'm telling you. He was pumped up and fired up. You know what happened? I know, David, there ain't nobody on your right and your left, but I'm here. And God said, I'm going to send you everybody you need. And the mighty men of David was gathered together there. David became a captain. He sent a man to that cave. All of them 400 men came running to the cave. Why? Because God said, go help the man of God. Go help him. We can talk about all their ailments that they had, but it was God's way of getting them there. You know what? David found friends that day to help him go through this trial. He put everybody around him that he needed to endure the trials and tribulations of King Saul. He gave him everybody he needed. Now, folks, let's just get honest. Y'all get on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> and I get on y'all's nerves. Don't amen that. What's wrong with you? First time you amen all day. <laughs> But I need y'all. And y'all need me. Amen. You cannot do this by yourself. You're going to need a preacher. You're going to need a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ to pray for you. Miss V, I love you. You get on my nerves sometimes. But I love you with all of my heart. Because when I need somebody to pray, I'm going to call Miss V. Amen. Brother Jeff, I'm going to call you. And I don't know what I'd do without you. And there's folks across this room that God has placed in our life. And we're sitting in our caves and we're lonely. And we're thinking we're all by ourselves. Folks, if you're in the family of God, you're never by yourself. 
You're never going through this alone. There's people in this room that love you. There's people in this room ready to pray for you. There's people in this room ready to get by your side and fight this with you. But you got to open your heart up. Sometimes you got to tell somebody. God never meant for us to go through all of this alone. I always said we've got God and we've got one another. And if we don't seek God and one another, we're going to be in a mess. Jim Wells, I praise God for you. Man, that took a lot for me to say. <laughs> Brother, I don't want to do this thing called life without you. Brother Russell, praise God for you and your family. Brother Frank, I don't know what we'd do without y'all. Bull Wells, Miss Betty, I love you. <laughs> I don't want to see life without y'all. I praise God for the folks sitting here. I thank God for the people that he put around me. Amen. We got to love on one another. We got to pray for one another. We got to help one another. But folks, God's on his throne. He's got the cave in the hollow of his hand. Put just go crawl up in his lap. And just say, God, I need you. God, you know what I'm going through. Help me. Strengthen me. I've seen people get down at these altars crying and weeping and low and lonely and down, get up shouting and praising. Isn't it amazing Amen. how good he tastes?